Hello guys, today we are going to talk about the generational differences in American culture and how that impacts paralanguage because honestly, this is one of those bigger things that even Americans talk about in differences in our culture and the way that we communicate. Yeah, if we are going to be fluent in a language, we need to know more than just grammar and vocabulary. We have to be able to know that there are other things out there that actually impacts our communication more than just the words that we use. One of those bigger differences is generation. So Every 14, 15 years, you have a new generation of people that are born and we break these up. There's no serious rhyme or reason. There's a lot of flow between when this generation started and ended versus this generation started and ended. But generally speaking, it's about 14 to 16 years in each generation that those people that are born in that time, they are considered that generation. So the ones that we deal with the most right now are the baby boomers that were born between 1946 and 1964, Generation X, from 1965 to 1980. Millennials or Generation Y, but we always say millennials. These are 1981 to about 1996. Zoomers or Generation Z, we'll also say Gen Z all the time. These are 1997 to 2012. And then Generation Alpha is the early 2010s to the mid 2020s. These generational lines that Amber just talked about, all they do is just show some broad generalizations of people. So obviously in each of these groups, there's a lot of diversity. And that's not really what we're going to talk about in today's podcast because Every group is going to have diversity. Every single generation, every family, if you just look around at your own family, you're going to see that there are differences. And that's not what we're going to talk about. What we are going to talk about are there some shared experiences and shared history among these generations. The reason why we can group these is because a lot of them, a lot of us, have had similar experiences to those around us. And that is a key that you can tune into to help you be able to become more fluent when speaking to people of that generation. Right. So you can just go onto YouTube, by the way, and type in one of these generations and look up stereotypes. Like millennial stereotypes alone is just a massive category on YouTube of videos to watch and you will see Americans perceptions of their own intergenerational communication. It is really interesting as a language teacher to see how Americans around the country decided what's weird. That's what's odd about the paralanguage or the timeliness or the individualism perspectives in different generations. So this is definitely something that I really encourage you guys to go do. Just spend an hour or so just watching some of these videos and you're going to see quite a lot of differences and that will help you put a lot of context around what we're going to tell you today. Some of the biggest categories in which they differ is how they perceive timeliness in different contexts, when to show up on time, when you say you're going to be, how strictly you're going to hold to timeliness, individualism and the view of the individual in comparison to the rest of society, trust in society or trust in government is going to be very different generationally. And of course the classics like parenting and how you hang out with your friends and talk to your friends, marriage and dating and education, all of those are of course very, very different. So we're going to look at some of these over the next few episodes as we dive into what it takes to understand different generations. Yeah, because 
fact is, when I go up to an older man or an older woman here in the States, I don't treat him and I don't talk to him the same way that I talk to a person of my own generation. I just don't. There's no formal rule. It's not like you have to say sir when you're talking to an older person from an older generation. You don't have to treat them with more respect. You don't have to listen to them. But there is some underlying themes when talking to people from other generations that are there. They're not set in stone. We don't really talk about them as much. And so that's what we're going to do as we kind of go through this mini-series, if you will, talking about some of these generational differences between people that maybe are older than us or people that are younger than us. What's important when looking at all of these generations is to talk about what they have experienced. This is more of a historical idea, but if you just go with stereotypes, then it's easy to be like, oh, well, he did this and she did that, or they did this, or I did this. It's a lot harder to quantify that. But if you go through what they actually experienced, then you can actually get more data or more information than just simply, oh, millennials are always late. All right, so let's just go ahead and just jump into the first one today. In America, we like to look at our history as short as it is. We like to look at our history and use those historical events to help define the generation. Because honestly, they did. Especially in the 20th century, you have introduction to media, you have radio, and you have TV, and you have broadcasts, and you have music recordings that are just far clearer and far more impactful. So you have this section of media that just shapes so much of what people think and so much of culture and advances so quickly. So it would be unwise to try to learn English and decide that you can just talk to just about anybody fluently without having some kind of understanding of each generation, what they grew up hearing or what they lived through or saw on TV while they were growing up because that was impactful and it changed people. It shaped them in the way that they think very much. So if you really want to unlock an understanding of American culture, you really have to get into the 20th century. So first, let's talk about baby boomers. These were the people that were born after World War II. And they're called baby boomers because when people got back from the war, they had a lot more kids. So baby boomers are one of the first generation back. And the idea is it is a generation of of peace because they finished World War II and now they're going to come back and they're just going to be able to live a full, happy, successful, long life. This is also after the Great Depression in the 1930s in America. So the baby boomers were raised by those who experienced World War One. That was supposed to be the war that ended all wars. Well, the baby boomer parent generation, the silent generation is what we call them. They saw a lot of turmoil. They saw the roaring 20s. They saw a lot of things going on there. But then the stock market crashed. It was a huge desperate situation across the United States. World War II started to pull the American economy out of that because of all the things that had to be created to carry out World War II. So this generation, they were raised by parents that saw very, very hard times. Very, very hard times. And so when they went into World War II and they came out of it, they had children and their goal was to create a peaceful, bountiful life for their kids. And there was a lot of this idea of perfection, like the wife had to be dressed a certain way and she had to have the house maintained in a certain way and the husband had to have a certain kind of job and bring in an income. This is where we get the idea from TV in the 20th century of like this middle class living where you live in a nice house in the suburbs and you own everything, you 
have a car, you have a great job, you have a boy and a girl, they're all dressed pristinely, they're all very kind. It's very prim and proper type of thing. Now, of course, in reality, they were not, but this is what they saw on TV. There were a few major problems that happened during this time, one of which was the Cold War. And so after World War II, there was a whole lot of promise of prosperity and promise of development and consistency and just a bountiful life. Actually, it happened to where there was conflict and tension with the world's superpowers at the time, United States and Russia. And so the baby boomers literally across the whole generation were basically trained to survive nuclear warfare. And so with the Cold War and with some other conflicts, these were things that were monumental in just shaping a whole generation. America was in a furious state of competition. Whether it was an arms race or a space race or whatever it was, American people were set on being the best and trying to pursue and trying to get that prosperity that they were looking for. And because of that, the baby boomer generation were basically treated as if they were going to be the winners in the end. They were going to be the best. There was also a lot of weight on them where the greatest generation for World War One time, the World War Two generation, the silent generation that made it through the 1930s and they fought in World War Two. all of this pressure was placed on the baby boomers to become even better still. They were supposed to carry on America to become even greater than it had been already. So the baby Baby boomers had a lot of weight on them and I think that's part of what fueled Generation X because naturally that pressure would run straight from them into Generation X born from 1965 to 1980 and if you know anything about American culture you know that this time was extremely tumultuous. This is the Vietnam War. This is a lot of the civil rights movement. This is a lot of struggles with women's rights. This is a lot of these marches and things that you have probably seen pictures of in your history history books in school. This is what a lot of America's black marks are from. Obviously, there's black marks for every country and every generation, but I feel like this is the one that I hear internationally the most. This is what Generation X grew up in, what the baby boomers had to manage in 1965 through 1980. This is what a lot of international people bring up when I'm talking to them about America. Yeah, the picture people get are protests and riots and development and drugs and free love and and basically every possible point of contention was placed on this generation because I think as a generation, they basically said, I don't want to be that great generation. Like, I don't want to be that great generation. I want freedom. I want freedom of expression. I want freedom of my life. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Many of them pursued the correct ways of trying to do this, like Martin Luther King Jr., but there were also many others that didn't do it in a very peaceful way. And of course, all of that leads to the millennials, a generation Y. These are the ones that are joked about the most in America right now because millennials are just very markedly different from Generation X or the baby boomers, very much. And the 1980s just shows that. If you just look up on YouTube, America in the 1980s, you will see so much. We have color TV, we have rock music, we have all kinds of things in American culture that people still hearken to today and people still enjoy and laugh about today. But it's because millennials are just different 
Yeah, I feel like if baby boomers had high expectations placed on them, and if Generation X was fighting for freedom of expression, if you will, millennials were raised in this kind of tumultuous state. As opposed to Generation X pursuing free love and free expression, millennials basically have this kind of two-way approach to doing things. Either some of them, and I will admit not very many, will step up to the plate where the generation before kind of said, hey, we're not really going to be CEOs or whatever. We just want free love. Some millennials will step up and see that gap there and they will take that. But most of them will say, hey, the world's crazy anyway. I just want to be me. And this is the influence of postmodernism to say, hey, you do you. I do me, and that's totally fine. Let's just not interrupt each other. Let's not bother each other with belief systems or anything like that. Let's just live a good, happy life. And this is going to be explored much more when we turn out a short stories course because the short stories from the 20th century really show you a lot of what's going on and the way people think. And that was reflected in the literature at the time. So you have a lot of stream of consciousness in Generation X. No, it doesn't make sense. It's just modern man trapped in a city that has to do the same thing repeatedly over and over again to make a living. And all he wants is to escape it. Where millennials, it's just postmodern. Postmodernism means they are just not going to be hemmed in by anything. It's all about them. And if it means something great, if it doesn't, then it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Basically thriving in chaos is kind of the thing. Now, this does not mean that millennials have made American economy go down or have made things change. It's just a change. This does not mean millennials are responsible for any economic downturns or anything like that. It's just they're different and they think differently. They have different experiences from the generations before them and being raised in one way and they want something else, they're just going to act on that because that is individualism. Right. If you live in America, likely most people you meet are actually going to be millennial. But maybe they're not going to admit it because a lot of people, when they think of millennials, they think of younger people. But millennials can be 40 years old now. So anybody that you meet that's around 30 or 40 years old is technically considered a millennial, which is not what the jokes come from. Really what the jokes that a lot of people make are just young people. And that would actually go more along the lines of Generation Z or the Zoomers. Yeah, September 11th, 2001, when that happened, the millennials remember that. And we hold that very carefully in our thinking. A lot of us remember watching the TV that morning and seeing those planes crash into the towers. The Zoomers don't. And so even for us now, we are considered millennials. And so when we hear Zoomers making jokes about 9-11, it's actually a huge deal to us. Zoomers, they're fresh, they're new. They don't have the luxury of history looking back at them and blaming the culture around them because they're still very much developing. They're still not adults at all yet. So millennials like us, when we hear Zoomers start making jokes about 9-11 and that grates against us a bit, but we also just shake our heads because they're kids. They don't know what they're joking about because they don't remember it. They were likely born after it anyway. So Zoomers, Gen Z, they are very much a product of late 90s and early 2010s culture 
There's a lot of bell bottoms and short shirts and all kinds of ridiculousness, things that we cringe at now. It's really funny because the 80s are cool again. The early 90s are becoming somewhat cool and nostalgic again, but the early 2000s, nobody wants to talk about right now. Nobody wants to bring back spiked red hair, bell bottom jeans or anything like that. Nobody wants to do that right now. Yeah. And the millennial generation and Gen Z is that of the internet. So because you're listening to this podcast right now, it means that you have access to the internet. But the millennial generation, that was the generation that the internet became more of a household use kind of thing. And so they saw it develop. They saw it be created in that own generation. It was an exciting thing. It was a wonderful tool that could be developed and used. It was very much like a space race kind of feel to it. Gen Z, however, has been born in the internet age. So for them, they don't know anything else. They don't know anything different. What they see and what they have been steeped in is meme culture and instantaneous gratification. They are the kids that we would classically blame as being hooked on devices, even though that's not always true. It's just the fact that they have access. There are many in the millennial generation that just didn't have access to internet yet. Even though it was a thing, it was becoming a thing. Gen Z though, most if not all of them have had access to the internet at a young age here in America. And that does something that changes the way that that culture acts, that culture behaves. All right, in Generation Alpha, the early 2010s to the mid 2020s, these are still babies, they're still young kids. These are ones that millennials are guilting one another. They're very hyper-focused on making sure Generation Alpha does not have all the access and has all the time inside and doesn't know how to play outside. There's a lot of things happening in culture right now, a lot of trends right now to go back, back to before having access to absolutely everything. Doesn't mean everybody's participating in it, but the discussion is huge right now. The discussion is absolutely massive and many, 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 many people and families are restricting kids to no more than 30 minutes to an hour of screen time a day, if that, and not even introducing it to them. But then you have another section of the same generation, the same millennial generation, letting their kids grow up with devices from the time that they're babies. So you have a solid mix and we see a lot of division in millennial generations over the younger kids. Americans have always been very, very concerned about the generation after them and the generation after that. You'll see that a lot as we talk more and as you learn more about American culture. So overall, where does this put at with fluency? Why are we bringing up all this historical information? Why are we doing this overview of history if our goal is language learning? I know that there's a lot of you out there that are asking that question. And the point is, is that depending on which one of these generations you're talking to will depend on what fluency really looks like it will impact the way that you speak. So for baby boomers, for people that were born around the 1950s, you need to talk to them with full knowledge of the things that they've experienced. The space race that we talked about, nuclear war and preparation. With Generation X, those that have been through protest and the civil rights movement in America, you need to look at them in light of that. Millennials and the 
development of the internet age and the craziness that is postmodernism. Generation Z being steeped inside the internet and instant gratification. And then Generation Alpha, those that are being hopefully for a lot of people trying to kind of pull back on that instant gratification and the internet age of Generation Z to hopefully raise them up to prepare for the next generation. All right, so I know all of you guys are probably hearing plenty of news coming from America and such. I hope that you do go to YouTube and you see some of the funny videos, you see some discussions on these different generations, but we will explore some of these in greater detail and how those directly impact how you communicate with people from these various generations and how that changes paralanguage among them and things that you be mindful of. Because these are things that we don't find talked about very much. A lot of times in your textbooks, especially your older ESL textbooks, you get a lot of, you need to look somebody eye and shake their hand. Well, that's something you do with baby boomers and maybe Gen X, but it's not common to do with millennials. So this is something to keep in mind that a lot of these ESL textbooks are fairly outdated when it comes to body language. That's something that we hope to touch on quite a bit in this podcast. Yeah. So time changes. Time goes on and we have to move on with it. That means that our methods have to move on. The way we learn language needs to become updated instead of using a book that was written 40 years ago. But it also means that we just need to keep our eyes on the actual people in front of us and know that they have experienced something in their life that should change the way that we speak to them. So like I do give more respect for baby boomers. I do look them in the eye and I do listen to them when they speak because they've experienced a lot of hardship. They've seen more than any generation after them. And so, yes, absolutely, I give them more respect because they deserve that respect. And so for us as speakers and as language learners, we need to try to realize that, keep that in front of our mind when we're talking to people so that we can be able to operate fluently in all of these different contexts when we're talking to all these different kinds of people. All right, guys, that's it for us this week. We hope you go out and do that homework on YouTube. I hope you enjoy it and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.